Morgan on the last tackle. Here's Johnson through the line. Here goes Watili Zalestiak. He's got it. The Warriors strike first in Brisbane. away, Martin for Ford, that's got to be Ford, that's a mile Ford, Gerard Sutton, what are you doing? Jordan Ricky goes in, that is the most Ford pass I have ever seen, that is unbelievable. The Ford pass was so wrong it wasn't funny, but at the end of the day, we, they'd made a line break, we'd allowed the line break, and then the Ford pass comes off the back of that, so... Um, we went, we went defending more during that period. Four passes wrong, but you know we're not, we're not crying over that. So I South Africa, they rumble towards the line to clerk off the back. Delinde, sick of man, played to Lebok. Man over on the left-hand side, Chisley Colby will canter in for one of the more easy tries he will ever score in international rugby. Brilliantly done by the box. Whistle sounds just as the ball came out. Game over. Ireland hold on. Ireland beats South Africa in a tight, titanic clash of rugby titans at Stade de France. Full time. Wales hold the Wallabies out. They have kept them trialless. They have taken this match. It is a second half shutout from the Red Dragon. Firstly, I'd just like to apologise to all Australian supporters. A lot of people have travelled here. I'm sure a lot of people have stayed up late at night. And, uh, you know, our performance wasn't up to the standard that uh, is required. And I apologise for that. No, no, no. is the moment you all been waiting for. Welcome to the Run Home pregame show. Sam Ackerman joining you here uh, along with producer Brad. Keeping us company, we'll have Beaver with us in about an hour's time. He'll be slowly bringing himself up from his uh, short sleep, by the sound of things. Uh, short and sli- uh, sweet sleep, we are hoping, uh, in Paris before he gives us the latest of the lay of the land there. So much to get through with Beave. Uh, can't wait to bring him in. But of course, the show is brought to you by Mick Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. And well, the weekend delivered us some pretty incredible and memorable events sometimes for good reason sometimes not so much but it has been intense brad have you caught your breath yet have i caught my breath yet well sammy uh yeah what a crazy weekend also Man. was heavily invested yesterday in liam lawson unfortunately uh just uh, coming home in 11th but beat his team again but yeah a great weekends of sporting action uh which um obviously the highlight and then sort of the low light and then i've got to admit sammy uh after that forward pass try i turned the game off I couldn't deal with it anymore. Like I felt, 
um, I'm, my wife came into the living room. Um, it was 24. What's the score? It was 24-12, right? Um, sort of 15 minutes into the game, and she said, "How's it going?" And I said, "Look, babe, the game's on a knife edge." I said, "It's almost at a next try score or win situation. Like you felt if the Warriors could score next." I, I, I would have felt confident because, I, you know, Sean Johnson alluded to this after the game, Sammy, that yep. he felt on field that they were just starting to box Brisbane in and just starting to to create momentum. And then Reese Walsh, who's an absolute superstar, uh, what makes that break. And as Andrew Webster said, yes, it was four, but um, no, it didn't cost his game. And no, it didn't, but it ruined the game, Sam, for me. And uh, a decision like that, um, and I knew what the result was. Once they're up by 18 points, the Warriors were, were no chance. And I, I just didn't want to sit there and, and have to deal with the Australian commentators and uh, that crowd and, and um, you know, Reese Walsh acting like a petulant idiot uh, and um, just decided to uh, to switch it off and, and watch a bit of House Rules. Uh, so, yeah, I, I did I did turn the game off. But, man, it was an awesome game. I really enjoyed those 60 minutes that I did watch, Sammy. I thought it was one of the best games of rugby league I've seen all season. The, the quality, the intensity, and the first half was chaos. It was absolute chaos. You couldn't tell me you had a, a rule on what was happening, where and when, and who was going to do what as well. That was the main thing for me. Like They were trading tries. It was going great. Now, obviously, we'll be talking about it a little bit later on because we've got a uh, professional uh, goal kicker uh, to speak to and the importance of having uh, those two points. And uh, I certainly don't think Adam Pompey should be hung out to dry. Uh, he was landing them from some pretty uh, tough spots the week before against the Knights. Comes and goes. That happens when you don't have a uh, out-and-out goal kicker and you're not going to put Sean Johnson into doing that. Uh, and look, who knows? Maybe if they'd scored more tries, they were planning to say, OK, well, look, at this stage, we are going to need Sean to step up. Who knows what they would have done? But the game was there. Uh, my view on the forward pass is obviously, um, no one needs me to tell them that it was the, a shocking decision. But here's how shocking a decision it was. It was such a bad decision that the Australian media, the Sydney media, were dedicating standalone stories to how bad that forward pass decision was in mm. a game that led to the Warriors' demise, not a Sydney club. Uh, and these things get passed over quite regularly. There was a standalone story referring to it as the Ford Pass farce in the Courier-Mail in Brisbane. Now, that is not something that you see very often where they admit such a, uh, a benefit uh, goes the way of the home team. No, not with a standalone story like that. And it's to the point uh, that Peter Volanders, the head of the NRL, well, the ARLC commission who runs the NRL, has said uh, that is a good enough reason for them now to look at putting reviewing forward passes into the bunkers remit. Now, that's how big and how bad that scenario was. Yeah, Sammy, and it was a game-defining moment because had that forward pass been ruled, the Warriors would have had a scrum on halfway. Yeah, and with a with a full set, and who knows what, and the whole game changes. And I, I am adamant that if I, I felt it was next try score or wins, or certainly if the Warriors had scored next, the game would not have blown out. I think Brisbane would have tightened up a lot. Um, and they forget the know, score, Brad. Yeah. the Brad, the, the final score meant nothing yeah, yeah, after that it was, try. It was uh, game, it was game defining, and, and I, I just I didn't want to sit there and watch the rest of it after what the Warriors have been through. And, and you know, you just knew. And Sean Johnson alluded to it. They said it's really hard to get our heads up when we're trailing by. 18 points and we've just had that call put against us you know then we do a short kickoff they grab it and by that point you know the game's pretty much over from from their perspective and, that, and that's a real shame so uh, and what is great is um is the is what's going to result in this i just hope there's not another controversy this weekend that benefits or doesn't benefit a brisbane or a penrith in the grand final because i think we are in for for one of the best grand finals in modern times i think these two teams 
have game breakers all over the park, and the Broncos have a pack that can match Leota, can can match Fisher Harris, can match Yao, can can match those big boys, Sorensen and the like, uh, and, and if anything, not only match them, but with Carrigan and Payne Haas um, and Flegler, like better than match them. Yeah, a lot of te- a lot of teams have packs that can come up against a, a Panthers side and beat them. No one does. No one does. Good like point. the Warriors were, incl- were included in that. Teams that have that have got the ability to go in and be better than. But I want to point to a key stat. Now, first of all, you're exactly right about this being uh, post uh, to be set to be a great grand final. I'm I'm fizzing for it. It will be wonderful um, on on the ability of Team One, Team Two, best attack, best defense, all that jazz. It's got it's got a lot to like about it. One thing to point out, you aren't a casual fan, Brad. You're not somebody who has turned into the big ends or been caught up in, say, the Up the Waz movement and was watching to see what the story was and was put off by terrible officiating. You're a dyed-in-the-wool sports nut. 100%. Loves your league, who gave up on a grand final qualifier with 20 minutes to go because of a refereeing decision. Now, that uh, to me, that's exactly why the NRL are reacting in the way they do. They see what a bad look this is. Now, that aside, this final has so much to it. There's so much going for it. The Broncos can do it. Absolutely, they can. But they have two players in their entire squad, Brad, that have been to a grand final before. Yeah. The and Panthers have, I'd say, of those who will take the field of the 17, maybe 15, 14, yeah, 15, 14. Will, have, will have been there before and won it. Some of, the, some of them have been to three. Some of them have won two. Great it's, point, Sammy, it, because if you go back three years, this the, the nucleus of this Penrith team, um, adding Api Corusau to that and Kakao, uh, when they played Melbourne, they were coming up against a team that had been, you know, Cameron Smith and, and that Melbourne team that had been to several grand finals. And that was the first GF for a Nathan Cleary, for a Jerome Luai, for a Dylan Edwards, uh, for a Stephen Crichton. And now they are grand final hardened. So I totally get that point that for this Brisbane team, it's very different. But, you know, I do think the fact that they have experienced Orangeham players in this side could, could make a difference. And to me, a guy like Carrigan seems like nothing phases him. He'll play that way in every game. Do you know it's only the Broncos' fourth trip to Sydney this year? That's insane to me. At, uh, listen, yeah. I've, I've, we know that the, pan, uh, the the Broncos are have a, a silver spoon in their mouth or wherever you want to say it should be inserted, but they get it absolutely on a platter for them so often. Uh, but look, they are a great team who have achieved great things on their own. But if you got, uh, just looking through that team from uh, that loss to the the Panthers back in uh, in twenty twenty. Brad, uh, there was uh, Josh Mansour's not there. Mm. Uh, Tyrone Maid's not there anymore. James Tamo's not there. Epi Carousel, Kikau, that's it from the starting side. Yeah. So it is more than the nucleus. You know, it is uh, Moses Leoto is on the bench, and it's besides that, the bench isn't there. So that is uh, a huge amount of experience being dragged through th- those those years. It, it's and, phenomenal. And but, a coaching staff minus Andrew Webster. I think his coaching staff has stayed intact as well. Oh, and also Soraldo, of course. So he has lost yeah. a couple of coaches. But he, you know, like it's not it's Nathan Cleary's what fourth grand final, fifth grand final, isn't it? So one with the Wires and then um three three, four now with Penrith. So three with Penrith. So Yeah, I, yeah. Ivan's done amazing. He he's there's no no question in the world. We'll be talking about him uh much more this week and of course later in the show as well, because we're going to just have a little yarn about Dell M. So we've got plenty more to come on the Warriors, and speak, including speaking to uh, one of the, the club's uh, absolute legends a little bit later on too. But uh, from the the NRL playoffs to the uh, the race for a spot in the playoffs for the Rugby World Cup, let's start with the Wallabies. We can't. It's the hottest topic in uh, international sport right now. I, I 
I picked them tongue in cheek to be able to get up on uh, Wales, knowing mm. it would infuriate uh, Beave. As I, I didn't ever have full confidence in how it could. I certainly didn't have the expectation that they would crumble in the fashion that they did. Are we witnessing one of the single biggest meltdowns by a former power at a World Cup in rugby union that you've ever seen, Brad? Yeah, look, I don't know, Sammy, like, the Wallabies had a chance to be the first ever three-time World Cup champions just eight years ago when they played uh, the All Blacks in the final. The winner of that game would be the first ever three-time World Cup champs in 2015. Eight years later, and their rugby is in the toilet. Uh, and uh, Stephen Hoyle's on Stan Sports, their post-match show, and, and thanks to Sky, too, for sort of, I guess, showing that footage as well. So we've got a bit more on the post-match, just saying that. Um, and Beef said this, we need to blow up Super Rugby. We need to cut the amount of Australian teams down to three or four at the most. At the absolute most, Stephen Hoyle said four teams because the the players aren't getting any better. Uh, they've gone down downhill since the expansion of Super Rugby, uh, and it's no. I don't. I, I don't think there's a coincidence. I, I, all Black Rugby is suffering for it because Absolutely. we are not playing the Springboks week in and week out. We're not going to Johannesburg, uh, you know, to the to the high vault, to the Free State to play these South African teams in Super Rugby. Yes, we used to beat them comfortably, but we were still getting the players were still getting that experience against those big boppers, the the different type of rugby. Instead, we're shellacking Australian sides week in and week out, which is doing nothing for our game. Nothing. Now, look, no one, there's no argument at all. And, and look, let's be honest, uh, there's no one that doesn't feel at least some kind of joy, mirth, whatever you want to take out of it, seeing Eddie Jones squirm the way he is when he comes on the offensive so often. He takes shots at New Zealand rugby, the All Blacks so often. It's Of course, it's, we, we can we can revel in that part a little bit because you know he, he is one of the number one antagonists of uh, the code in this country. But Australian rugby falling apart is the worst news possible for the New Zealand rugby and for the All Blacks. If New Zealand rugby ends up with a absolute minnow of a neighbour, we are literally isolated. That's it. We used to be the, the corner of, of power down here with New Zealand and Australia, and you can throw in South Africa to that mix too. With South Africa gone and uh, Australia reduced to nothing, you're bang on, Brad. We, we, we're in huge trouble if we can't find a way to make this work better because it's not working. And it works well for us as a nation if uh, Super Rugby gets uh, whittled down massively with, uh, with from the Australian side of things. I know we it wanna, doesn't work. I know we want to touch on Ireland before we get to the headlines, but just quickly on that, uh, an example is football where Australia... Uh, you talked about having a minnow, buddy. Well, you know, the the, the all-whites are not a football minnow, but compared to the best teams in the world, they 100% are. And uh, Australian football moved away from Oceania because they wanted to get better for their own game. Yeah. Uh, and they've made the knockout stages of the World Cup four of the five times in the last in the last five World Cups. So that shows you, uh, you know, how it's improved their football. And look at what the Matildas did as well by playing those Asia, uh, Asian teams rather than the Oceania teams. So you're 100% right. You're only as good as your opposition in a way, Sammy. And if Super Rugby is an Australian, New Zealand, and then you know Fiji and Marijuana Pacifica competition, uh, great for Fiji, probably great for Pacifica Rugby, not great for New Zealand or Australian Rugby if Australia continues to, to be so poor. Short term, very good for Pacifica Rugby, isn't it? Very, very good for Pacifica Rugby if uh, we can't see the, uh, the Wallabies uh, produce some kind of ridiculous result from here because... Fiji is in a great spot now. But let's move on to that main match you spoke about, Brad. Ireland and South Africa. It felt like that game could have easily gone every way, but what in your mind does Ireland winning 
mean? Besides, besides setting the uh, the likelihood of the of course the quarter final against the All Blacks, but mm. as far as the the World Cup mix, what does that mean to you? It just means and it proves that they're for real. I know um, the co-host that's going to dial into the show in about forty minutes time uh, believes that the All Blacks have got the best side of the draw by playing Ireland. Now he thinks that that's basically a lay down misere that the All Blacks are going to beat the Irish team because they're going to choke when it comes to the big stage. And look, he's got history to back himself up, but the other history is that the last six times the All Blacks have played played one of the top three sides in the world, they've lost five times. So those, yeah, the other, those the are other history are, is that New Zealand used to be a dominant force in the world, yeah, Brad, and just, now they're not. They're Sext, a very good side. Sexton ran that game uh, really, really well. They're good up front. Their line-out had some wobbles, but South Africa do that to every line-out in the world. Uh, and, yeah, like I just, I just, to me it just shows that Ireland can win the tote, cl- tight, close contest. And both coaches... And both and punditry from both sides said neither team, regardless of the fact that Antoine Dupont, Dupont is out of the quarterfinal, wanted to go to Paris and play France. Neither team wanted to do that. And now, and and now, uh, now, now, only you know, South Africa has to do that. Ireland doesn't. Um, but something I'll get to a bit later with Beef is there is a way that Ireland still don't make the quarterfinals. They have not qualified yet. There is a convoluted way in which they don't make it. That's if they lose to Scotland and don't get a bonus point. Scotland get a bonus point, and South Africa win their next game by a bonus point. Ireland will not make the quarters. There is still a way for that to happen. And Scotland beating Ireland, not an upset of massive proportions. Disagree. That's a mass, uh, upset of huge proportions. They're world number one of just beaten South Africa. In the context of uh, Scotland capable of, of beating a team that they have beaten before and have uh, played on an annual basis, at, 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 that makes it definitely within the realms. I hear you, Brad. But world geez, number five. But, yeah, but no. And and the no. thing is, is, is and, and Scotland hold no fears. They, they play these Irish fear? guys week in, week out. That's the thing. Is that, like, you know, they had, like, yes, they got smashed by South Africa, but that, they don't play the South Africans week in, week out. They play the Irish every year. They play them week in, week out. I don't think Scotland is a lay down here for Ireland uh, because of, the com- of, of them being comfortable playing them. Uh, do I think Ireland's going to win? Yes, but I wouldn't rule out the Scots just yet. We've got so much to get through in the show. It is uh, it is absolutely packed, and we are so thrilled to have you along for the ride with us. Let's take a look at the Macca's menu. Of course, you can get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. We'll be into the headlines shortly, and then there'll be uh, the Run Homes Rugby World Cup update. So much to soak in. The great man Beeve will dine in from Paris at four o'clock. Looking forward to his involvement, and uh, I, I just, partially, I just want to hear his stories from the weekend, Brad, and well, the ones he's allowed to share at least on on national radio. And Strawn will be uh, joining us to wrap up all the action from France. A wonderful member of the SNZ Rugby World Cup commentary team, of course. The TAB live update with Paul Mawati, who will be a relieved man that he doesn't have to uh, walk away from his position after the um, the toweling they would have taken should the Warriors have gotten up. Monty Beatham, former Warriors captain, a man who is an intricate part of what has been happening out at uh, Mount Smart uh, over the past 12 months as well. He'll join us, be joining us after 5 o'clock. The cream of the crop from the weekend scorecard as well. Brad's going to take us through We Need to Talk and the MG High Performer of the Weekend. That is your Macca's menu, delivering your Macca's favourite straight to your door. The Run Home's Sporting Headlines. Here's what's making news today. And from the Sporting Car Crash Files, Wallaby coach Eddie Jones has taken full responsibility for Australia's early demise at the Rugby World Cup. Firstly, I'd just like to apologise to all Australian supporters. A lot of people have travelled here. I'm sure a lot of people have stayed up 
late at night and uh, you know our performance wasn't up to the standard that uh, is required and I apologise for that. Yeah, they, they got up early, Brett, as well. So he's really thrown around the place. Poor old Eddie. Australia suffered a record World Cup loss to Wales. It was in Lyon this morning. That final score was 40-6. to While not officially eliminated from the tournament, Australia needs Fiji to slip up twice. That's against Portugal and Georgia. And for the Georgians to beat Wales to have any chance of progression. Officially, Wales are the first team to advance to the quarterfinals. Dame Nolan Toto didn't hide her frustrations as the Silver Ferns fell to a second-string England in Sunday's Tiny Jameson series opener. After the Silver Ferns labelled the weekend England outfit at coming to New Zealand as disrespectful, the Roses had the last laugh with a 55-54 victory in Christchurch to lead the Test Series. Three tests it is, 1-0. Leading 43-37, heading into the final quarter, a fast finish from England ultimately saw the visitors take bragging rights and leave the Silver Ferns with even more questions to answer after the World Cup disaster. You know, we just weren't good enough on the day. We're saying exactly the same things that we have been saying and unfortunately we're not learning. Um, so we'd have to feel the pain more until we play the next game, which is Test 2, and have that other opportunity. And Israel Adesanya has apologised after reportedly pleading guilty to drink driving on Monday. Adesanya admitted to being pulled over earlier this year with a blood test showing he was well over the legal limit. Adesanya says he wanted to apologise to the community, family and his team for the decision to get behind the wheel after drinking at a dinner. And those are your headlines for the morning. Lots more to come, of course, throughout the course of the run home. And one of it, we want to hear from you on the Temper Bedpost text machine. We want your thoughts after what you have seen over the course of the weekend. Which two teams are World Cup final bound? That's after three weeks of evidence to go by. Let us know. We want to hear from you. Temper and bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. You can text us on double eight double three, or give us a call on 0800 150 811.